Taiwan reported 133 locally transmitted COVID cases on Monday, a decrease from the previous day. The infected people were mostly found in the northern cities of Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan, and Jilong. CECC commander Chen Shizhong says these cities need to remain on high alert. The CCC also released data about the patient capacity of Taiwan's medical facilities. Let's hear from the CECC. Regarding specialized and negative pressure rooms, assuming that we won't add more capacity, we have 3,646 hospital beds nationwide. There are 2,490 unused beds for a vacancy rate of 68.3%. There are 47 centralized quarantine facilities with a total of 6,372 beds. 2,724 of them are unused for a vacancy rate of 42.7%. In addition, there are two quarantine hotels for patients with mild to no COVID symptoms. The CCC has asked local governments to open more of such quarantine hotels to reduce the burden on hospitals and other medical institutions. Staying on the epidemic, Geelong remains a hotspot for COVID, with 31 local cases reported from the city on Monday. The local government says it will launch a large-scale screening campaign this week targeting 10% of city residents. It's also conducted mass testing on law enforcement officials following the diagnosis of 24 staff members. Police officers wait in line for PCR screening. In Jilong City, a restaurant cluster has expanded fast and now includes 24 police bureau employees. To contain the outbreak, Jilong's police bureau ordered that all staff be screened over the tomb-sweeping festival long weekend. In addition to PCR screening, we're also using the method of at-home rapid antigen testing. We hope to detect our infected colleagues as soon as possible. Police said 1,200 staff would be screened over the course of the day. In related news, Jilong Mayor Lin Chang has tested negative for COVID after being in close contact with an infected police officer without wearing a face mask. The mayor is about to be released from his 10-day quarantine. He's cleared three tests for COVID-19. The third test was a PCR test taken right before my quarantine will be lifted. The result was negative. My quarantine will end tomorrow at midnight. The police outbreak is actually starting to wane. By 6am tomorrow morning, all the screening results will be released. Amid the COVID surge, usually busy areas like Jilong Port and Mialko Night Market were nearly empty last weekend, save for a few cars on the road. To contain the spread of the virus, the Jilong city government will distribute at-home rapid tests to locals. From April 5th to 8th, we will distribute quick screening tests in Jilong City's seven administrative districts. Not every person will receive one. During our distribution of these tests to local households, we will first target 10% of the population in each district. We'll do general screening using at-home rapid tests to see if there are undetected cases in the community, if there are any infected people we haven't found yet. Jilong will conduct mass screening to find hidden chains of transmission in the bid to restore peace and security to its residents. The CECC has announced that some COVID PCR tests will now be performed through pooled testing. The method tests 10 samples in a bundle, later retesting them separately only if a positive is found within the bundle.
Pooling is globally recognized as a reliable way to make mass testing more efficient. There's been an uptick in demand for COVID tests recently after a few positive cases caused concern. Yilan County Commissioner Lin Zimiao and 1,200 members of her county government staff line up to get tested. A recent award ceremony was marred by a positive COVID test, and although everyone else tested negative, 1,200 samples had to be tested individually, using up a lot of time. From April 1st onward, the CECC is adopting the more efficient pooled testing tactic for all COVID tests on medical professionals or anyone who stepped foot inside a hospital. You can put 10 samples into the PCR machine to test them all together. If they're all negative, then you know they're negative. If one is positive, then you test all 10 samples again separately. It's more efficient. Originally, you have to do 10 tests. Now you just see if one test is negative. Pooling puts 10 samples into one test, and only if it comes back positive do you need to retest the samples individually. That means fewer tests to carry out, but some doctors fear it could increase the number of false positives. After discussion among the experts here, we believe the new pooling method will not impact the accuracy of the tests but it allows us to deliver more community screening. We have also assessed the impact on CT value. For 31 to 35 positive cases, we can still detect them using pooling on a 1 to 10 ratio. CDC Deputy Director General Philip Lowe stressed that urgent test samples connected to surgical operations, childbirth, airports or quarantine hotels will continue to be tested individually. With COVID test demand rising, the CECC hopes pooling will make mass testing easier to deliver. A COVID outbreak has led to a lockdown in China's Quinshan City, which is a major hub for Taiwanese manufacturers. Last Saturday, tough new restrictions were imposed in the eastern Chinese city. This has sparked new fears about supply chain shortages as many Taiwanese firms, including Unimicron Technology, Nanya Printed Circuit Board, and EMC have all announced halts to production. Today is April 3rd. Businesses in the food and drink industry are open. The other stores appear to be closed. This Kunshan denizen takes to the streets, surveying open shops that sit nearly empty. After a lockdown in Shanghai, Jiangsu Province's Kunshan imposed stiffer COVID restrictions on April 2nd. Companies were ordered to reduce production and allow staff to work from home. Traffic controls were imposed outside factory areas. Many Taiwanese firms have manufacturing sites in the city. In sectors such as flat panels, PCs and printed circuit boards, they say they're not optimistic about the current situation. When the goods are ready, there might not be any trucks going out, so you need to wait for five days. You can't ship the goods until a truck goes out. There are strict controls on drivers. You need to file all the records and get approval before you can ship anything. The city streets are empty, but there's a crowd at the screening station. Amid the outbreak, major Taiwanese PCB firms have announced plant closures. At Unimicron Technologies' Kunshan site, production has been suspended from April 2nd to 6th. Nanya Printed Circuit Board unveiled new dormitory and access controls, while EMC also has paused production from April 2nd to 6th. The three companies stressed that there will be no impact on their overall operations. Even so, experts fear a disruption to the PCB supply chain. In terms of impact, they might end up with sufficient raw materials but a shortage of manpower. 
Generally speaking, the supply chain has been quite tight. There is not a great deal of inventory, not the half year's worth or three months' worth that we might expect. Actually, within one or two months, the inventory might be used up, and then the situation would be quite dire. Taiwan's PCB firms rely on China for production, the expert says, noting that COVID restrictions could spark a supply chain crisis. With a major manufacturing site under lockdown, the impact could also be seen in the shipment of TVs, mobile phones and notebooks, wreaking havoc in the global electronics industry. Top U.S. and Taiwan officials met in Washington last Thursday in their first physical meeting since the outbreak of the pandemic. Assistant Secretary of State Michelle Sisson, Taiwan Ambassador Xiaobi Kim, and other high-level officials discussed ways for Taiwan to enter an upcoming WHO summit and the ICAO, the UN's aviation body. Observers say that Taiwan's chances are higher this year as the war in Ukraine has driven up anti-Chinese sentiment in the EU. The UN's World Health Assembly, the annual forum that governs the WHO, will soon convene in May. Taiwan has been barred from the global event for five years running now, owing to Chinese pressure on many member nations. Gearing up for the meeting, Taiwanese and American officials held high-level talks in Washington on March 31st US time to discuss strategies that might enable Taiwan's entry into the WHA and other international organisations. They discuss promoting and expanding strategies and practices for Taiwan's participation in international organizations. This bilateral meeting was the first physical meeting we held since the outbreak of the pandemic. Sources said the U.S. side consisted of Michelle Sisson, the Assistant Secretary of State for International Organizational Affairs, two Deputy Assistant Secretaries, as well as senior APEC and AIT officials. On the Taiwan side, officials included the U.S. representative Representative Xiaobi Kim, along with James Lee, the head of Taiwan's New York mission, and Nicole Su, the head of Taiwan's Geneva mission. The talks focused on Taiwan's chances of participating in the WHA with observer status and whether it could enter the UN's aviation body, the ICAO. In the past, Taiwan has lacked support from the EU, but with the outbreak of the Russo-Ukrainian war this year, there's a new anti-China sentiment in the EU. The EU has has also expressed support for Taiwan's entry into the WHA in Geneva. Taiwan's chances of participating in this year's WHA have substantially increased. I believe that the U.S. will also do its utmost to get Taiwan to join, but when it gets down to the time of the final vote, its allies need to be highly mobilized. Beijing will also mobilize UN members. It looks like Beijing's ability to mobilize this way is still relatively high. We can participate by joining other NGOs. Scholars have mixed opinions about whether Taiwan can take part in the WHA this year. However, in mid-April, Taiwan's diplomatic ally Palau will hold the seventh Our Ocean Conference. Reports say the US has suggested that Taiwan should take part in a low-key manner and that it should avoid using the nation's formal name or displaying symbols of its sovereignty. Scholars believe it is necessary to keep a low profile to avoid a tightening of tensions. 
标才跟美国有所谓的一个。Palau has just signed a so-called maritime patrol agreement with the U.S. and currently has already been formally incorporated into American plans for an island chain to resist China. So Taiwan's attendance at the Palau conference will be highly sensitive for fear of China suspecting there is a so-called cooperative agreement between Palau, Taiwan, and the U.S. All this goes to show that Taiwan is always dragged into the perennial diplomatic wrangling between the U.S. and China, and this affects its participation in international bodies. With the war in Ukraine continuing to rage on, seven Taiwan-based Ukrainian models have launched a fundraising drive. All proceeds will go to women and children who are still inside the war-stricken nation. Refugees, they need help, but people who inside Ukraine, it's more necessary. They need help immediately, right now. I'm from Kharkiv, and uh, this city is uh, the closest to the Russian border. So this city got bombed the first. They wouldn't let the people to evacuate from the city, so the situation is pretty bad. My hometown is in Donetsk region. Does everyone think that war starts one month ago? It's not true. The war started eight years ago. My grandparents decided to stay there because they're old. They're 80 years old already. They had to uh, had to feed her little child on the cold floor in the basement. They didn't have hot water there. They didn't have uh, much uh, stuff, so they relied on humanitarian help. Many of Taiwan's female entrepreneurs and designers are helping to promote the fundraiser. One Ukrainian institution targeted by the fundraiser is a women and children's hospital in Kyiv that provides care to wounded children. Two Taiwanese designers have jointly won a Grammy Award considered to be the highest honor in the American music industry. Up-and-coming designers Li Zhenhan and Yu Wei won Best Recording Package with their design for the album Bagalan. Upon receiving the award, the pair said that Taiwan was a peace-loving country and that the audience was welcome to visit. Qingyang Shao. And the Grammy goes to... This is the annual 64th Grammy Awards in Las Vegas. Li Zhenghang and Yu Wei for Peklin. The two winners are Taiwanese emerging designers Li Zhenhan and Yu Wei. We are so glad to participate in Grammy Award through the album of Bagalan, uh, making more people know about Taiwan. We're from Taiwan. Um, thank you. As soon as the pair came on stage, they introduced Taiwan to the audience through an interpreter. To claps and cheers, they won a Grammy Award, considered the highest honor in the American music industry. It was the first time a Taiwan team won the Best Recording Package Award. Taiwan is a beautiful and peace-loving country. Thanks to our friends and the crew who helped us all the way. So thank you so much. And I hope someday, if you can go visit Taiwan, super welcome. <laughs> Li and Yu gave a shout out to their homeland in their speech. Not only that, the design of their album deeply reflects Taiwan's culture. The design shows the east coast of Taiwan, where Falun Gong and Ami's village is located. Rendered in paper mache, the region's coastline, mountain ranges, and people can be seen on the album cover. The album also shows the image of the late Difan Duana, a famed Ami's folk singer, and his tribe 
giving viewers a feel of Taiwanese indigenous culture and Taichung's oceanic surroundings. I'm very nervous right now. My palms are sweaty. We'd have to go on forever if we wanted to thank everyone. But now here is an opportunity for us to say what we want to express. I want to leave all our allotted time to telling everyone that we are from Taiwan. The other artists, they're all saying congratulations, Taiwan. They probably don't remember our names, but they all remember Taiwan. We're so happy to hear that from them, maybe even happier at that than at winning the award. On social media, Li and Yu shared pictures of themselves with their award and joked they were, quote, going crazy with joy. A new streaming series set in Taipei's Tong district has reignited interest in the area's unique history and culture. Tong has strong links to its Japanese colonial past and even now is a favorite spot for lovers of Japanese culture. We spoke to chef Koichi Ito and his mother Natsuko, who have just opened a new restaurant in the area. They're hoping their heartfelt service can be a bridge between Taiwan and Japan. Chef Koichi fries a beefsteak while his mother greets customers in Japanese. Natsuko lived in Japan for 25 years, running three restaurants in Tokyo's glittering Ginza district. Now back in Taiwan, her son has opened a Japanese-style restaurant and bar in Taipei's Chiaotong area, which is famous for its Japanese ambience. Why didn't we open the restaurant in Japan? It's a bridge between Japan and Taiwan, and it has an extra meaning of giving back to our friends in Taiwan, because lots of people helped us greatly when it was tough in Japan. So I wanted to make my first restaurant an extension of Japanese food culture in Taiwan. Koichi was born and raised in Japan. He's a big advocate for Japanese home cooking. The hamburger patty, grilled until the skin is nice and crispy, is then sprinkled with a sauce that was marinating for 20 hours. Everything on the menu is his original recipe. They feel like friends. Of course, it has a more warm and friendly feeling than high-end restaurants. The owner is very kind. The first time you come in, he greets you like a friend. When a customer says, I'll come back, it becomes a motivation for me. They're saying my service was satisfying and they'll come again. So I think the food and drink industry is the best place to come in contact with people. The shop floor had just been rented last May when the Level 3 alert for COVID came in, nixing the business plan. But mother and son didn't give up. They spent the next four months putting out feelers and getting everything ready. Everything from the interior decor to the menu is their own design. Koichi says he designed this bar long to bring customers closer together. My son, the boss, Koichi Ito, says because we're opening in an extraordinary period, he wants not just to give our food to customers, but also our love and passion. We want people to feel we're a restaurant with heart and to want to keep coming back. I like people who thrive in adversity. Perhaps it's because I've seen my mom's background. In business, there are always ups and downs. You never need to worry. You just need to do your thing well. Koichi and Natsuko explained the Japanese business style. First, plan for the worst. You won't make back your losses for a year or two, they say. 
Just hold fast to your passion and your original enthusiasm because opportunity comes to those who are prepared. They hope their excellent service will keep customers coming again and again. The rain finally cleared up on Monday, the third day of the tomb-sweeping holiday break. In Taipei, many young families headed to the zoo, which had a free admission offer to mark Children's Day. The Central Weather Bureau says the fine weather will stick around until Wednesday, rising one or two degrees Celsius per day. One parent holds his child's hand while another pushes a stroller. On the third day of the holiday break, many parents took their kids to the zoo early in the morning to enjoy the weather. The queues outside the zoo were long because there was a promotion on for Children's Day. Adults bringing children 12 and under could all enter the zoo for free. The weather is perfect today. No rain and not too much sun. It's very refreshing. It just happens to be Children's Day, so I thought I'd take them out for a walk since the weather has improved. But with COVID cases on the rise, zoo staff still took every pandemic precaution. Visitors were required to complete real name registration and to maintain social distancing. Just complete real name registration at the gate and it'll be fine. Observe social distancing with others as much as possible and avoid crowds when you eat. With COVID measures in place, locals said they felt at ease going out and about. It was a good day for it too, with daytime temps at 20 degrees or above across Taiwan. In the central and southern regions, the mercury hit a range of 25 to 27 degrees. But the fair weather is only expected to continue until Wednesday. On Tuesday and Wednesday, generally, the weather will be fine. On each of those days, temperatures will rise about 1 to 2 degrees from the previous day. The CWB says a northeasterly monsoon is due to sweep in starting Thursday. However, temperatures are not projected to drop by very much. By Friday, the northeasterly monsoon is expected to weaken, and temperatures are set to reach 26 to 30 degrees Celsius island-wide. In the south, temperatures could soar past 30 degrees over the weekend. Weekend. 